this is Heather from the media team at Word Alive. You're listening to our Sermon of the Week. This week, Kent is encouraging us that it's going to work. I hope you enjoy this message. We'll be talking to you today for the next few moments about it's going to work. I believe it's a word from the Lord, it's going to work. We're in a very interesting spiritual season, uh, and I don't want you to miss out on the timings of God about where we're at and what God's doing in the time that we're living in. If you begin to understand what we've been trying to teach over the last few years about God's cycles, it helps you continue to move as a believer and continue to follow Christ's path, if you will, because the Bible says the pathway of the just should get brighter and brighter and brighter even to the perfect day. You shouldn't be sitting in church for 20 years and not be much closer to God than you were 20 years prior. It's a journey. It's a, it's a pilgrimage, if you will, that we're walking with God. We've handed out the Nissan new month, which introduce, <coughs> excuse, excuse me, introduces us not just to a new month, uh, but also a season in God. We're moving toward Passover. And so this is the month of Nisan, and all the information's on your outline there that you can take that. We won't be doing first fruits offering today. We'll be moving in that during the Passover season, which is only about three weeks away. But we're moving in a season toward Passover. So touch two or three people and tell them it's time to make a move. Go and tell them. Touch two or three people and say it's time to make a move. You got to understand when you're in a spiritual season. That's why the Bible talks so clearly about it. It's Jesus said in Matthew 16, says you know when, you know how to tell when it's going to rain. You know, uh, uh, I was taught by old timers about that. You know, I, I went out to do a wedding yesterday, and it was outside, and the storm was coming from Birmingham, and I pulled into the farm where the wedding was, and the cows were laying down, and I thought, oh my God, that's a bad sign, <laughs> right? Because they told me those old timers, the cows are laying down, get ready, it's about to rain, you know. And I'm like pulling up, and they're all like, it ain't going to rain. I was like, cows are laying down. You know what I'm talking about? Thank God. It's going to rain. Sooner or later, cows are laying down. I guess that works. But somehow, they prayed that stuff away, and it got to the last, amen, kiss the bride, let's get out of here, and started drizzling. So thank God for that. But my point is, we know how to discern times weather. Jesus said you got to discern spiritual seasons. You got to understand where you're at. And so we're at the, not just a new month, we're at a new season, a new, a new beginning, if you will, a new opportunity. And I just need to cover this for two or three minutes to quickly explain to you these cycles. You understand them, hopefully, that we're in the first one. It's Passover. This is the new beginnings of beginning, the first of first. And then 50 days later, you move to Pentecost, which is the next spiritual season. It's just 50 days later. And then you move through a long, dry summer, and then you come to the fall, which is tabernacles. This is the cycles of God, the seasons of God. Now it was geared toward agricultural stuff with this nation, but it was spiritual. And so Passover is always about redemption. It's always about redeeming old things, delivering us from the snares of the enemy, breaking us out of strongholds that the enemy's been. Every year we get a new opportunity to come out of somewhere and head somewhere else with God. Somebody just praise God we get a new chance every year right Pentecost is all about provision this is when the heavens were open and the Holy Spirit came the Word of God was revealed this is about revelation and provision God wants to take you every year to another level of provision in your life 
not just financially, but relationally and uh, uh, through spiritual revelation. So we're moving. So we hit Passover running, and then we come into Pentecost. And then by the time we get to Tabernacles, Tabernacles speaks of presence or glory. Now, if you understand the Tabernacle of Moses, there was an outer court, an inner court, and a holy place. And what happened is the priest would move once a year from the outer court through the inner court to the holy place. In other words, he would move past redemption through provision into the glory or the presence of God. So this is a pattern for us that we're moving every year. And so what happens? You may not even started yet, but let's say this Passover, you make a decision. I'm not staying in Egypt. I'm not staying here anymore. I'm not saying you're not saved, but some of us are saved and we're still in some Egypt. Right? We still got some things hanging on to us. But you just say, you know what? This year, I'm not, I may not go all the way where I want to be, but I promise you, this time next year, I'm not going to be where I am right now. Right? So we make that choice and that decision, and we start moving in that season. And then so we come outer court. Then we enter court to, to the provision, to the Pentecost. You're saying, I'm going to have more of God this year than I did last year. And then you move on in to the glory or the presence of God. And so what happens? You get blessed at Passover. And then you get blessed at Pentecost. Then you get blessed at Tabernacles. So what happens? Here comes another round. You say, well, what's happening now? Another level. It says we move from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Next year, you get bigger blessed at Passover. You get bigger blessed at Pentecost. You get bigger. So over a cycle of time, what happens is through these seasons, moving with God when God is moving, God begins to bring you in circles. Everybody's had cycles of destruction, right? I don't have to testify about that. How you just started it, got on the wrong cycle, and year after year, you went lower and lower and lower. Well, good news is, with God, year after year, you can go higher and higher and higher and higher. So I just want to encourage you, we're moving not toward a date. That's why Easter's detrimental. It's not just about one day where we eat chocolate and, uh, you know, hunt eggs. It's, it's a season, and don't miss this season. You should right now start saying, preparing, I'm getting ready for Passover. I, I'm getting my hope and I, my expectation to another level. I, I'm getting the Word of God out. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit because God is wanting to do something in our lives. And then we hit Passover with a momentum, praying, giving in faith, takes us all the way through to Pentecost, all the way to Tabernacle and we should be in more and more cycles of God's blessings. So right time, right place with God, this is how that works. God spoke to me in India and simply said these words, it's going to work. It was for me, it was for you, it was for your children, it was for our church, it was for any situation or circumstance you're going through. God said, it's going to work. It's going to work out. I don't, it doesn't matter where you're at right now. It doesn't matter what circumstances you are facing. I came back from India with a promise from the Lord to tell you it is going to work. No matter what the devil says to you, no matter what your circumstances are saying, God is saying it is going to work. It's going to work out. Touch about three or four people and tell them it's going to work. Tell them it's going to work. It's going to work out. I said, God, how do I tell, tell, tell the people it's going to work? He said, because of Romans 8, 28. I said, what is that, Lord? He says, because you know all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Yeah. 
all things are working together for good for us. Now, let, don't, don't misunderstand me. All things are not good. That would be mockery to say that all things are good. The death of a child's not good. Cancer is not good. Drug addiction's not good. War is not good. But the Bible says we know all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. The chemistry, I love this, the chemistry of the cross is where God takes things that in of themselves are bad and puts them together much as a chemist might take chemicals that in of themselves could be terrible for us and mixes them as a medicine that brings healing to our lives. Many of us have some salt with our meals, right? Table salt is made up of sodium and chloride. By themselves, sodium is a deadly poison. And so is chloride. But you put them together and they produce table salt, salt which flavors food, and a certain amount of salt is necessary for health and life. We cannot live without salt in our system. It's like a battery. You gotta have a positive and a negative end of it for it to get the power. God's not saying I cause these things. God's not saying I put these things in your life. I like to say it like this. God doesn't deal every hand, but every hand you get dealt, God can win with it. That's what I'm trying to say. And God can take the good, the bad, the difficulties, the victories, and he somehow can mix them together through the power of the cross and cause them all to work out for good for you and for me. So touch three more people say, it's going to work. Tell them it's going to work. This is, this, I found this story, I thought it was amazing. It's a, it's a true story and it's beautiful. It says, one chilly winter morning, a fishing fleet launched out from a small harbor on the east coast of Newfoundland. In the afternoon, there arose a great storm. When night settled, not a single vessel of the fleet had found its way back to port. All night long, wives, mothers, children, and sweethearts paced up and down the windswept beach, wringing their hands and calling on God to save their lost loved ones. To add to the horror of the situation, one of their cottages caught on fire. Since the men were away, it was impossible to put out the blaze and save it. When morning broke, to the joy of all, the entire fleet had made it safely back into the harbor of the bay. But there was one face which was a picture of despair. The wife of the man whose home had been destroyed in the fire. Meeting her husband as he landed, she cried, Oh honey, we are ruined. Our home and everything that was in it was destroyed by the fire. But the man exclaimed to her and said, thank God for that fire. For it was the light of that burning cottage that guided us back into the harbor safely. See, we don't always understand all of life's circumstances or what they're throwing our way, but I promise you in God, God is always able to take something that looks like destruction and use it for his good and for his glory to see your purposes fulfilled in your life. Why is it going to work? Philippians 2.13 says, for it is not your strength, but it is God. Somebody say it's God. It's God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work. That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. God is not only working in you the ability to do his will, but he actually is the one giving you the desire to do his will. 
God is the one at work in you. You're not working yourself out of this situation. You're not working the will of God in your own life. You're not working the purposes. Of, my Bible says it is God who is working in you, both the will and to do your good pleasure. And I don't know about you, but I get fired up when I realize it's not Kent trying to do this job that God's called. I'm not trying to get better. I'm not trying to make this work. I'm not trying to sort out circumstances. It is God who is at work on the inside of me bringing about his purposes. Now, I don't know about you, but I got faith that's going to work. Why? I ain't the one working. God's the one working on the inside. Won't you judge four or five more people say, God's working in you. Tell them, God's working in you. God is working in you. And Isaiah 43, 13 says, Indeed, before the day was, I am he. What day? Day of creation? Yes. Day of whatever. I like to look at this. Before the day was, before the day that you found yourself in this circumstance. God said, before that day ever was, I am he. I knew all about it before it was coming. I knew all about it before it ever got here. I knew what you were going to walk through before you had to walk through it. Before, it, before your day ever got here, I was before that day. And I knew all about it. And let me tell you something God says. There is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I will work and who will stop it? In other words, God's saying, I'll work in your situation and there is nobody can stop it. I got, a good, I got a word of good news for somebody. People can't stop God. Demons can't stop God. Principalities can't stop God. Your family can't stop God. Your addiction can't stop God. Your sin can't stop God. My Bible says neither height nor depth nor principalities nor power nor nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Somebody shout, God is at work. <laughs> Philippians 1 and 6 says it's going to work. Why? Being confident. Being confident of this very thing. He who began a good work in you will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. Several words, confident. Being confident of this one thing, that he who began what? A good work. Not a destructive work, not a work to bring you down, but a work to bring you up. He that began a good work in you will complete it, will finish it. Jesus is a finisher. Jesus doesn't, how many of you got projects at home you hadn't finished? Right? We start a lot of projects, right? Some of, I got three or four going on right now. You know what I mean? Some of you, you know, are more focused. You start one and you hadn't finished. I got three or four laying around that needs to be done. We all have what? Projects that we start that we mean to finish and some, and we'll get them finished. It may just take a while. I got good news. God never starts a project that he doesn't finish the job that he started. And the good work that he started in me and you, he is going to finish it. They've got this pottery called Rahu pottery. And each pot is hand-formed. The tag on the pottery explains it's the process that they use that allows the spirit of the artist to speak through the finished work 
with particular directness and intimacy. So they're actually saying each pot, piece of pottery, you can actually sense the creator's spirit and intimacy in each pot. That's how specifically each pot is designed. They do it once the clay has been shaped by the potter, it's fired in a kiln. Then glowing red hot, the pot, it's thrust into a smoldering sawdust pile where it remains until it's finished. The result is a unique product, one of a kind, and that's what the tag on each piece insists. So it is with us. We bear the imprint of the potter's hand. He too has spoken through his word with particular directness and intimacy. Each of us is formed in a unique way for a unique work. The Bible says we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared in advance that we should walk in them. But though we're created for good works, we're not finished. We must experience the kiln of affliction, aching hearts, weary spirits, aging bodies. These are God's processes that he uses to finish the work that he started. Don't fear the furnace that surrounds you. Be patient in the tribulation and wait for the finished product. God's not sent you this affliction to destroy you. He sent this affliction to finish the job. I got good news. If you're feeling like you're in the heat of the furnace in this moment, you're in the finishing work of Christ that is about to bring you out of that fire. And my Bible says you won't even smell like you've been in it. You won't even look like you've been in it because God would have finished the work that he started in your life. Boy, this blessed me this week. This really blessed me. 2 Corinthians 4 Verse 17 says, our temporary affliction is light and momentary. Come on now. For our light and momentary troubles are working in us an eternal glory that will outweigh them all. Man, this blessed me this week. Watch the word. Your troubles have an expiration date. Well, wait a minute. It says they're momentary, not permanent. They're temporary. Just like I'm bad about buying too much milk. And you leave it in the fridge and it has an expire date. Nothing you can do about it. Once it expires... It's finished, and you throw it out. And this week, the Lord used a friend of mine to speak this scripture to me and said, Kent, your troubles have an expiration date. It says they're momentary. Just like milk in the fridge has a date where it's finished and gone over and it's bad, your troubles have an expiration date. And once God has used them to finish the work in you, they are no good anymore. You will throw them out, and you will move on to a brand new place. Somebody shout, it's going to work. It's going to work. Haggai 2 says something like this. This is Israel when they've come back out of captivity and they see their temple in destruction. 
And God looks at this situation with them, and many of us are facing something like that today. It may look like your marriage is lying in ruins. It may look like your life in addiction is lying in ruins. It may look like your spiritual life is stuck and you're not moving forward. It may look like your body is fighting a disease that is no way out of it. But God comes on and says something like this. Leave that up there, please. He says, how does it look to you now? Let me pause right there. It's okay to see it as it is. You don't have to make it better. Fate does not deny fact. It changes fact. It's okay to look at it just as it is and look at it just like it is where there might be no way out, no hope in a place of destruction. How does it look to you now, God says? Does it not seem to you like nothing? In other words, does it look like there's just nothing, no possibility of moving away from the place I'm at, move on? But now, be strong. Zerubbabel declares the Lord, be strong. Joshua, son of Josadak, high priest, be strong, all ye people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord. Almighty. Can we move on? This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. This is Passover. And my spirit remains among you. Listen to me, somebody. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life in this moment, in this temporary affliction. The Bible says God is with you right now. Be strong, be strong, be strong. And arise and work and do not fear. Come on. Here we go. Is there another one? I got it. It says this, for the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former house. That's a promise to this church. That's a promise to me. This is a promise to you and your situation. Whatever you thought it was in the past and you thought that was good, God says in comparison to what it's going to be on the other side after I brought you through this, the glory of the latter house is going to be greater. than Your marriage is going to have more glory in the future than it did the past. Your ministry is going to have more glory in the future than it did the past. Your personal life is going to have more glory in the future. Why? We are destined to walk in glory. He takes us from glory to glory, moves us from glory to glory. It's going to work. I said it's going to work. I said it's going to work. Whatever it is, it's going to work. Why? God is working. Why is it going to work? Because all things are working together for your good. Why is it going to work? For God is working in you. Why is it going to work? Because God will work and you can't stop him. Good news, you can't even stop him. That's good news for somebody because if anybody can screw it up, it's you. Come on now. Touch your neighbor, tell him you can't even stop what God's doing. Come on. Why is it going to work? The good work he started, he's going to finish it. He's going to bring it to pass. I love right now testimonies. Like, I love, I love the stories, but I love right now testimonies. So I got a FaceTime yesterday. We have a crew in Argent, uh, Argentina, in Honduras. There's 17 people from our church in Honduras right now, preaching, teaching, feeding the poor, making water available. It's amazing. So they FaceTime me yesterday. Matt Hobson says, man, I've got the story for your message. Because he knew what I was talking about. I said, what is it? There's a guy on the trip, Brian Shelton, Cody's dad. 
who's never been on a missions trip till he went to Uganda and now his life's wrecked. He, 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 he builds birdhouses and sells them for money so he can go on every trip. He's, like, he's our resident missionary now. He just he got a hold of him and he can't shake it. He just wants to be on every trip. So he's on this trip. He's, he's not traveled a lot internationally. So we get a call Friday night at our Friday night worship. His wife, Christy, there. He's lost his passport in Honduras. And if you, those of you that travel internationally realize that's not a good thing. Uh, the last guy that was in Honduras that we know of that lost his passport had to stay in Honduras three weeks till they could get him out because he couldn't get the passport worked out. So they've been up in the woods and in the mountains all day uh, working, and he's lost his passport, had it in his back pocket. So they go back, retrace the steps, hunt until dark, and they can't find it. So the next morning, they're up, and, you know, uh, they're talking about it, and they're having coffee with Sorto. Pastor Sorto's the pastor there. And so Pastor Sorto is uh, spending some time with the team, and he starts telling them a story after they, you know, kind of rehashed the passport incident and just said, well, we'll try to work it out and see what we can do to help. And he tells this story, and there's the, the story is basically they do a weekly event where they invite people to come learn how to share their faith. And so it's, it's play acting. So church members will come together, and you act like you don't know Jesus, and I give you my testimony and lead you to Jesus. And it's like a practice because he believes you should teach people in these kind of practice situations to, to know the Lord. So the woman that was supposed to come and be one of the you know, participants couldn't come, so she sent her 19-year-old daughter to take her place to act like I don't know Jesus. But in reality, the 19-year-old did not know Jesus. So she's there as a play actor, and they preach Jesus, and she's like starts crying, and they're like, "Wow, she's a great actor, you know." And and, and, and she's like, "No, no, really, I mean, I don't know Jesus, and 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 accepts Jesus." And so uh, it, they're just going on and on, and just celebrating the fact. All of a sudden, now Sorto's telling the story. The phone rings, his cell phone, while telling our missions team this story. He picks it up, and he goes, "Oh my God, it's the girl." that I'm telling you about. She called me. He says, yes, what is it? She said, there's a young man in our village named Joseph who was out rambling in the woods this morning and found a passport. Hang on a minute. Let me see if I got a picture of Joseph here. Do I got a picture of Joseph? All right, all right. That's Brian, that's Joseph. So stay there, keep that picture there. So Joseph is out rambling in the woods and finds Brian's passport. His mom has told him, if you'll do the right thing, God will bless you. So he takes it, turns it in. Brian shows up, I don't know how much money he gave him, probably everything he's got. The kid is like, oh my God, <laughs> this really works, doing the right thing, right? The, listen. This village where this girl lives is 10 miles from the church. So the people from this village that, had, that go to church walk 10 miles each way. So on Sunday morning, they walk 10 miles to Sorto's church, and then they walk 10 miles home. Sorto has been believing God to build a church in their community so they don't have to walk anymore. So he can just drive and be there, and they can do church for that community, but he hadn't no money to buy any land. So what happens is this kid finds the passport. Now, next picture. So there is the family, the dad and everybody 
and the dad's not, not, a, not a believer at this point, as far as I understand the story. So there they are with the family, right? So they invite them up to the family to celebrate and have a prayer time. Next picture. When they get there, the dad realizes he needs land, signs over and gives him 10 acres of land to build the church on that he's been wanting to build. That day, that man just signed the land over, gave Sorto the land. Now there's the land where they're gonna build the next church called Somebody Lost Their Path. Come on, somebody. Woo! You tell me all things are working together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Somebody get on your feet and shout, it's going to work. It's going to work. Come on now. It's going to work. And so the Lord is telling us as a congregation, everybody stand if you can. It's going to work. Whatever it is, it's going to work. Why? All things or working together for your good. How does somebody losing their passport get the land into a man's hand who's wanting to build a church and bless everybody along? What amazes me, God will even use your mistakes, your sin. Abraham lied, sinned, wound up at Abimelech's house and left with all of his wealth. How does that work? How God can even bless your mess and make it a message. That's what I'm trying to say. God will take the mess you made and will turn it into a message for his glory. God will take your test and turn it into a testimony. God is at work. He wanted me to come and tell you God is at work right now in this season in our lives. In this season, we'll see all things are working together for good. We'll see in this season right now that it is God who is working in you. Both the will and to do his good pleasure. You'll see in this season, God is working. You can't stop him. Because the good work that he started, he is definitely going to finish it. And so, Father, we just take this moment of time and we just thank you it's going to work. Father, we thank you that whatever circumstance, situation, place we find ourselves in, that it is going to work. It's going to work out. Whatever difficulties, whatever problems, whatever addiction, whatever sin, whatever discomfort, whatever disease, whatever a demonic strategy, whatever failed business, whatever missed opportunities, it's all somehow going to come together in this season and work together for our good. So, Father, I just ask you today in this moment of time that hope would come back alive inside of us today. Be strong. Be strong, says God. Now's not the time to give up on your dreams. Now's not the time to give up on your faith. Now's not the time to give up on God. Now's not the time to cave in and quit. Now's the time to be strong. Be strong. Be strong, says God. Now's the time to move with God in this Passover season. And let's, I'm telling you prophetically, the Lord has shown me between now and Passover, it's going to turn around. This is a turnaround season. 
This is a turn between now and Passover. It's a turnaround season. Everything's going to turn between now and Passover. It's a total turnaround season. God gave me three sentences yesterday. Simply these words. Now is the time. The time is now. Now is the fullness of time. This is the season that all the difficulties some of you have experienced the last decade, all of a sudden, it's going to turn. My Bible says it's going to turn to you for a testimony. It's going to turn. It's going to turn. It's going to work. It's going to turn. And it's going to work out. That's the promise of God for us. Now, you can let it just be up here and you can go out of here and dang go, well, praise the Lord, that was a great service. Way to go, Kent. Or you can get it in here. They say there's a big difference between getting it here. You got to let it get. You gotta, in other words, Abraham believed God. Let it get here. Like, like really, it's going to work out. Let the Holy Ghost right now take it and just, just put it right here. Like in your heart, like where you wake up in the morning and you don't know why you're, everything looks the same, but in here you just know yeah. it's going to work yeah. out. And then when you, when you wake up in the morning and you're facing the same problems, you're going to have the same problems, but just something's going to be different on the inside because you're going to look at them. You're going to say, yeah, I see right now it looks as nothing, but I know inside God has spoken. It's going to work. It's going to work out in my life. And so, Father, we just ask you now to let this word take hold. You said the word is sown, some on rocky, some on stony, some on thorny soil, but when it's on good soil, it bears the fruit. Lord, let, let that word find a place of good soil in us. Let that word find a good place to get hold of us. Lord, let the word take hold of us. Lord, this season, we're not holding on to the word. Let the word hold on to us. Let the word grab hold of our hearts and spirits this morning. Let's, let us wake up in the morning just knowing it's going to work. It's going to work out. Let us speak it, let us believe it, and let us walk in it. Father, we receive that word today. We thank you for it, and we praise you for it now. In Jesus' name, and everybody in agreement said amen. Come on, let's praise God a minute this morning. Come on, let's praise God a minute this morning. Before you leave, won't you grab a hug, three or four people, and just say, I believe it's going to work. Tell them, I believe it's going to work. I love you. Be blessed. I'll see you next week. Have a great week. I hope you enjoyed this message. For more content like this, please visit wordlive.tv. If you're ready for your next step, you can jump into Freedom Track anytime. Have a great week.